Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radio Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Bellavo, and today I have the pleasure of being with Brandon and John from Live City. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? Good. Good. Thanks for having us. So generally, how uh, our working relationship has been in the past, they're behind the cameras, filming. We've done some collaborations in the past, but today I really want to put you guys front and center and chat about today's theme, which is collaboration. So this podcast is all around content creation and entrepreneurship, and you both really embody that, being the, the co-founders of Live City Montreal, a content production company for brands to showcase what they do in beautiful videos on the web. So uh, today I want to just chat about, like, well, so first of all, we did a project together called 60 Seconds Per Frame, and maybe we could just dive in and you guys give a summary of what that was all about. And then we could dive into like how you just see collaboration in general. Yeah, sure. Well, 60 Seconds Per Frame was basically a series of web tutorials detailing different aspects of how to use a camera in 60 seconds or less. Multiple themes were covered in photography. We were talking about white balance, uh, shutter speed, uh, aperture, triangle. exposure triangle, anything that you can think of. Or any question that you might have had was answered by those videos. And I think it was a pretty good run that we went on. Yeah, and so what was the whole idea like behind doing that, right? Because it, it took us a lot of time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I know the answer, but for, <laughs> for the people listening, what, what, like, what was the whole premise in, in the reason we collaborated to make it? I think uh, the driving force behind it was to educate people. I think we really wanted to educate uh, and help people out who couldn't necessarily afford our services so that they could go on and use what we teach them to produce video and photo for themselves. Mm, absolutely. Um, and, and then in terms of collaboration, when we spoke earlier on the phone, we're speaking of how collaboration can sometimes, like the, the definition of, of collaboration is the action of working with someone to produce, um, produce or create something. But from your, your guys' experience, you, you said in a really interesting way how collaboration could also be twisted into some sort of sales tactic right. or like... Well, Machiavellic way of collaborating. <laughs> well, I think what you're driving at is that um, this day and age, the social media era that we're living in, uh, collaboration takes several guises, right? Um, the collaboration that we like and that we like to uh, use in our day-to-day business dealings is one where two parties come together with a skill, with each their own separate skill, to create something new, yeah. right? And I think what you're referring to, the, the evil collaboration... <laughs> Is, uh, the evil <laughs> that should be a thing. Is uh, more. It's more of a barter system. It's more of a trade. People see it as a trade, and in our experience, what we've sort of felt yeah. is that it's usually unfair for one party, right? Whichever party. The, the word collaboration is just thrown very loosely right, today, right. and somebody comments like, "Oh, hey, we should collab," like or DM me for collabs. But it's not really that. Sometimes right. even a collaboration is literally a sale, like a transaction, right? right. You're like, oh, we're collaborating on this project. Um, you know, with, with my wedding clients, I'm like, I'm happy to collaborate with you guys. But like, clearly, it's not a 100% collaboration. It's, uh, it's, I, I feel it's being used synonymously as like, do you want to hire me type of thing. Yeah, or uh, like we, we like to say it's exposure for video. Exposure as, as right. currency, right? Yeah, it's, especially for you guys with video. Yeah, that must be a huge thing. Yeah, any service really. But in our, in our experience, it's, uh, hey, do you want to do this video for us? And I'll put you on my page and I'll tag you and I'll sell you and, and all that stuff. And like, while on the surface that might sound like a good idea, everyone 
wants to widen their network and, and you know, potentially build more relationships, more business relationships and more leads, it yeah. doesn't always work out that way, especially if you do the work for free. Because those people that you meet through that free work may hear through the grapevine that, oh, these guys are cheap or these guys... Right, this, did it, yeah, they do free work, it, and so you're basically just building more leads for free work. It devalues your brand, and I think it also creates, like John was saying, this kind of negative feedback where you kind of get stuck in this cycle of, okay, well, all my clients, you know, people, I have plenty of eyes on me, people see me, and they know who I am, but I can't get a new lead. Look at this good-looking guy, of course, you have plenty of eyes on you. <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> but that's not. This isn't the kind of collaboration that we that we like. We, we sure. like more of a of a positive, like a overall positive collaboration where you know we like to work with people who have a skill that we don't necessarily have to create something that we couldn't necessarily create without that other person, mm-hmm. and vice versa, and vice versa. Yeah. So that's it's more of like a strategic partnership than uh, a trade. And and that type of relationship, when it is a positive and not an evil collaboration, what. Um, like, what's your interest in, in doing that journey? Like, what, what do you get out of it? Um, is it that you, you get more common exposure, that you get more business, or you're just doing it for pure fun and of your creative will? Like, what's generally the, the best collaborations that you've done in the past or that you would want to do in the future? For me, the answer is twofold. Number one is that I'm honing my own skills, right? It's more practice for me, more chance to create something that's useful to the public, especially yeah. in video where... You know, it's it's a visual medium. Is it practical? Not always. But right. if I can create something practical, all the better. Uh, number two is that I'm also learning from the other person who brings that skill. For example, working with you, I learned plenty about photography that I didn't know prior. So for me, those are the two main uh, wins, in, as it were. Okay. Okay. And as creative like guys in general... Um, Working in this creative field, do you find collaboration is necessary? Like, is it a must or is it just a nice to have? I don't think it's a must. I, I think you could get you could get by just fine without having without building strategic partnerships. But I don't think it could ever really hurt you, assuming you go into it with the right mindset and you know, kind of with a bit of a critical eye, um, and try to avoid some of the pitfalls that we were just talking about, some of the evil collaboration, so to speak. Those evil. <laughs> you should, you, okay, whenever we say it from now on the rest of the podcast we have to say evil collaborations with like a certain <laughs> tone the evil collaborations put some music over top dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay um, so okay it's a, not a must but nice to have but can it can it help like for, for people listening who, who maybe are creatives themselves would you encourage them to do collaborations and if like they're getting into yes okay just uh, yeah yes. 100%, 100% would encourage sure. people to do it I, I guess I was just saying it's not a it's not an absolute. Yeah, you can, you could survive just fine without it, but I, it, there's very few situations where it could be hurtful. And I would definitely right. encourage people to collaborate and build strategic partnerships and network and do all the good, fun, positive stuff. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, again, I go back to this this day and age in quotation marks. Um, I think that having a network is a very important facet to any entrepreneur or any startup or any small business. Yeah. Without that, you you have no eyes on you. You have no um, network and no village, right. as, as it were, right? Right. And you want to build that. And in the early phases of your work, especially as a creative, I think it's important to start building that village uh, quickly and through collaboration. But see, at the same time, that could be difficult. Because let's say you're starting off in photography or even videography or, or really anything, 
and you want to collaborate, but you're not that good, or you, you feel you're not that good. Maybe you're super talented, it's just you don't have that much experience, so you're like, it could be tough. And so when you go present yourself to people with the idea that you want to collaborate with them, maybe you're giving off a vibe that you don't know what you're doing, or that you know, you're shy and you just want to get started. It's like what Brandon was saying, it could devalue your service offering. Or your brand, right, devalue your brand, or the person you're trying to collaborate with wouldn't necessarily want to be associated to you, right? Because then they're like, "Oh, well, this guy's just starting off. Like, doesn't you know? He's not at my level. Let's say like a seasoned professional of 20 years with somebody who just has like two months under their belt." Of um, so, yes, it's like how. Well, I guess that I'm answering my own question is just like start with people at, at your own level and, and build that up through your network. Yes and no, but there you could you also know. try to jump. My answer to that, Nick, would be that, you know, when you start out in a creative service, generally, you have what other people want. Even if you're just learning it, mm -hmm. you're taking the time to learn how to use a camera. Not everyone does that. You're sure. one of the rare few. And so when people see that, they value you. There's an automatic value association there. So, you know, maybe they recognize that you're not the greatest uh, photographer or videographer, um, but in that case, they won't pay you. They'll ask you to collaborate. Yeah, and I think ninety-five percent of the, the collabor evil collaboration, ninety <laughs> percent of the people that have approached us, yeah, uh, or have asked to collaborate, right, have approached us, right, rather than us. But was it a real collaboration? Them. Most of the time, no. <laughs> right. Like most of the time, where you know, where we've gotten these offers and you know we've gone back and considered it, it, it we determined that it would ultimately be an unfair right. exchange. So it's it's that barter, right? It's That's yeah, right. the the unfair trade. Exposure for video or right, which again I, I don't want to say that that's bad in all cases, right? Because there's definitely going to be cases where that's a good thing. You just and have I to think we've critical. all done it. Yeah, right? everyone's done it for sure. You, and uh, it's about the timing and the actual um, the actual like offer that's presented to you. Like we, in our experience, we dealt with uh, one person who I, I won't name, um, and the, that person wanted to offer us equity in their company that they hadn't really launched yet. And as, as, as the video as the, guy, yeah, so as he, the paint, like he wanted to bring us in for X percent of his company. Was it Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin? No, <laughs> no. Um, so we, we spent a long time, you know, considering this and saying like, well, if the company goes under, you know, we're going to be liable and then we, we owe him and yeah. Them. And, uh, so people have approaches with very interesting offers, but at the end of the day, I don't think you should take all of them. Even if you're starting out like we were, we had to be critical and like pick our battles and, and all that. Yeah. Well, that, and I think that comes with experience, right? Like, and, and then the conversation for, for experience could even go to pricing, right? When you're starting off, pricing is like a nightmare. You don't know where to start, still where you fit in. It's still, <laughs> yeah, even today, absolutely. Um, okay, good stuff. And now for, for the second part of the podcast, what I want to just touch upon with you guys, since uh, you've been doing this for, for a number of years now, you, you created... Live City back in 2013, 2014. It's, about, it's been about six years. Six years. Been doing it. Um, how do you find that balance like of working as entrepreneurs in the creative field? Because um, it's not always obvious. A lot of people can struggle. Most like startups in general, 9% of them don't work. Mm -hmm. uh, but you guys have been going on a great stretch and like your business is expanding. Um, how, how do you find just... In general, we'll start there. Being entrepreneurs in the creative field, I'd maybe ask you to specify a little bit more in terms of the balance that you mentioned before. 
You mean like the creative work, slash business balance? Or work-life balance. I think work-life work is probably a big challenge for any any entrepreneur, whether they're in the creative field or not. That's when you're right. working for yourself, I think it's hard to hard to tell yourself when to stop and when to like relax. And then even when you do relax, you kind of feel guilty because it's like, oh, I could be doing work. Okay. Right. That's how I feel sometimes. That's it. Um, but in terms of the creativity, like the creative slash business side, a lot of creatives aren't really good at business. The same way a lot of business-minded people aren't really good at being creative. So I think that's obviously a, a big uh, a big challenge for someone in our field. And I mean, I know Brandon's taken a couple of business courses in university, and I think I took one or two. I don't know if I finished them necessarily, <laughs> but uh, you you kind of learn as you go, and like you obviously are going to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. We try to limit those by being like overly cautious sometimes. And I think that's sort of how you manage the balance is like be okay with the little mistakes that you make and always sort of take something away from it. Yeah. No, my question was more stemming from like... Um, oh, did I get you, that completely wrong? No, no, no. <laughs> that, that, that's Cut all of that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's just you guys were asking me questions and you both answered yeah, yourselves mutually. It's like this. This is what Nick wants me to answer. It was great. It was great. Um, no, but like... So, so I, I did photography full-time last year, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'll dive into this more. But then I had a cool opportunity for work, so then I was like, okay, no more 9 to 5, but then I was back in 9 to 5, then I left for six months to travel the world, and now I'm like, oh, do I go back to photography? I'm, now I'm back in a 9 to 5 and doing photography. So it's, it's, re- it's been really tricky for me. It's been very cyclical. Um, but coming back to a 9 to 5, I have like that stable income through that. When you're just doing photography or creative service, it's not... Uh, the same as like let's say a tech business where you have sales, you're putting in marketing dollars, you're getting extra return because it's it's not scalable to a certain extent. You're, the service is you. It's based on your personal brand. It's based off your creative skill. Yes, you could hire a team. But at the end of the day, like or for wedding photography, people won't hire me, not necessarily Mr. X or Y. Um, so that yeah, just like the the long term path. Or do you guys just live day to day, or you're looking thinking long term? Like is uh, it, it just in terms of yeah, lifestyle business. Um, I, I don't know where this question is going. <laughs> okay. Well, let me try to help you out there. I think, <laughs> I think over the years, there's been a bit of a progression in terms of our mentality towards this business. When we started, for example, we were both working part-time. We were both in school. Right. So it wasn't anything that we thought would you know, sustain us for a long term. Or at least we didn't expect it to. You know, it was something that right. we just wanted to try. Okay. So we kind of tiptoed, right? We we waded into the water, as it were. Maybe so you worked, didn't. We maybe worked like one evening a week, uh, or we got together and did some editing That's, one evening a week. Like, so you didn't know from the get go that you want to do this full time. No, we okay. just we, we just thought we needed to start something. We okay. started cool. something, cool. and you know, it was fun, and and you know, eventually we started seeing some success. But at the beginning, yeah. it was we were just like, why why stop? Because it's not costing us much or anything, and you know. It felt it felt good to be creating something and, and working for yourself, even if it was very limited. You know? That's it. So we waited in the first year and a half or so. After a couple of years, uh, we started actually turning a little bit of an income, uh, and we thought, oh, maybe this could actually go somewhere and go somewhere a bit bigger. So we kept reinvesting okay. into the company. Okay. Uh, at that point, I'd say metaphorically, we were about waist deep in the water. <laughs> still, still had our feet in the sand, kind of thing, as it were. But we were uh, we were trudging forward. Quite confidently. Okay. Um, fast forward another, I, I guess, till now or so, and we realized, wow, this is, we're seeing year-to-year growth uh, on a massive, like massive scale, relatively speaking. Yeah. Uh, we've expanded our client base. We've had many return customers. 
some big which risk. is something we didn't think which would is actually happen. Didn't. At least <laughs> right. based on how we started, I think we both agreed that like people aren't going to come back for videos very often, so we'd that's have it. to like find a lot of clients. But that hasn't been the case. That's it. Yeah, we we, cool. we don't spend a lot of time waiting waiting for business. It, it comes to us on a relatively uh, regular basis, and so you know it's it's exciting. It gets to that point where. Our feet have left the sand and we're fully <laughs> swimming in the ocean now, you know, and it's, uh, but it's okay. Like we have the confidence to keep going forward, right? And we know it's something that can sustain us. And we, we've now learned how to strategize year, year to year and you know, okay. understand our cycles, understand our, our working methods, um, when to hire, when not to hire, when to push buttons, when not to push buttons. So it's, um, it's been an interesting curve <laughs> and an interesting ride, but uh, we're, we're, we're swimming. We're swimming. That's awesome. What has been like the, the biggest lesson you could share to somebody who's starting off? Like, think of yourself six years ago. Uh, you know, may, maybe not when you're just doing it part time once a week, but once you like started, you're like, when okay, you full time. When, like, when you, you start at the beginning, like if you had to give yourself advice, like to back then, what, be nice to, to your children. parents because <laughs> <laughs> they'll let you stay at home as long as they like you. <laughs> That's that, uh, that was collaborate with collaborate your parents. With that your was parents, very helpful. Sure. I don't know what, what advice would we give ourselves maybe charge more from the get-go like we were we've always been cheap i think or people have perceived uh, our service as being like inexpensive for what we deliver i think that's still the case and in, in with a lot of clients um we may disagree because we try to be humble and fair and, and stuff but i think even back then we could have charged more from the get-go that's it you know uh, to, to to spin off that point as well um, you know, we were shy at first. We didn't want to overcharge in case we lost the client. You know, or in that, case we delivered something that we weren't proud of and they didn't like. That's right. it. But, you know, if I were to go back a few years, I would say, you know, be proud of the work. People are going to f- more or less fall in love with you as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Even if your product is not, you know, the tip top of the game, as long as you show and you present and you come at the business with a full head of steam... People will recognize that and like that, and they'll, they're going to want to make you part of their team. Yeah, they're hiring the person at the end of the day. That's that's right. the beauty of the service industry is that, you know, as good as your product can be, your service can always be even better. You know, and and I think that speaks very loudly of, of who you are as an entrepreneur. Cool. If someone enjoys working with you, they're more likely to come back and work with you or refer you. Yeah. So that's I think that's a very overlooked part of, uh, of service based entrepreneurs. Okay, and for my last question, so charge more, but would you collaborate more or less looking back? I think we did the right amount of collaboration. Well, you guys I'm are just happy perfect. I, not perfect, but I'm <laughs> happy that we didn't take... I, I'm happy that we, we were very uh, critical when people came to us with offers okay. and that we didn't just jump on board with everyone asking us to do work with them and stuff. I think I think we were smart about it and we we've always been very critical about decision-making. I think that that's probably one of our strengths is that we know when to make, we know when to take risks and when not to take risks and when to dive into something and when not to. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with like the level of collaboration that we did over the past six years. That's it. You know, by contrast, we've done a lot of charity work, you know, and that's something that, that I think also is, it's not paid, you know, it's time out of our schedules and our days, but we're happy to do that as well. So, you know, we might've, we'd offset the lack of collaboration or our, our pickiness with collaboration with charity work that has, I think, been meaningful for a lot of organizations that need publicity and need online content. Right. And that still helped build our experience. The same way collaborating 
theoretically would. So it could be considered a substitute. Yeah. At that point. Charity and collaboration. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much, Solomon. Where thank could um, people following find you if they're looking for a, the best videographers in Montreal? We got a website, www.livecitymontreal.com. Uh, our Instagram is at livecitymtl. And on, we're Live on Facebook. City Montreal, <laughs> Live City Montreal on Facebook. Cool. And, uh, Live City Montreal at gmail.com. And John's phone number is. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to pull that one in. <laughs> um, gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank so that you. was Brandon and John from Live City Montreal. Once again, my name's Nick. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Radio Lounge Podcast. And we'll catch you again soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you liked it. Make sure to follow us on all our social media. For more, check out creatorhq.org. Creator HQ is a community of content creators located in Montreal and beyond. Join the community. It's free.